Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, bringing you the latest scoop in the NFL preseason. You know I got the boys with me, Johnny Rowe and Blaine Wheeler with me this evening. Good to be back with the fellas. Uh, we're going to be taking you through Hard Knocks episode three. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of the Chiefs' victory over the Washington Commanders uh, last Saturday. And we will look forward um, into the future, discuss some future things of some, uh, you know, I think might have to do a little ironing out tonight. Might be some disagreements, might be a little bit of drama um, just in terms of where the Chiefs are at in their season. So I'm curious to see how this episode is going to go. Before we get into it, boys, let's we'll see how we're doing. Uh, Blaine, oh, we'll start with you, buddy. 18 days until 9-11 Chiefs football. I feel like it, we were talking 50 days not very long ago, 60 days. Yeah. Um, week zero coming up. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I say every time. I just keep getting more and more excited, but it's so real. It's so real. I'm making plans with the boys Saturday to watch college football, a real college football game. Come on. Yeah, that's you can't beat it. And 18 days away, we'll get here faster than we know it. So uh, yep. unbelievable. Good to have you back, buddy. Johnny. Uh, sounds like, sounded like you had a decent time at the Chiefs game. You attended the Commanders uh, <laughs> Chiefs game. Yeah, man, I uh, I had a great time. Um, I got a text from a buddy uh, the night before, and he said he had a free ticket with uh, for me. And so um, I drove up from Rogersville to Kansas City on Saturday morning, and uh, the game was at three o'clock. So I got in town about ten thirty. We got in the parking lot after we got some coffee and some breakfast. Um, by like 1130 noon ish. And so we had a good, you know, three hours of tailgating and it was a bad day to be a, a quirk, which is a Boulevard seltzer or a Miller light. I mean, dude, uh, I mean, this is just bro talk. I was trashed at the game <laughs> and uh, we left at halftime and uh, we spent the entire second half. We, we left to beat traffic and we didn't want to watch second half. We ended up spending nearly the entire second half, uh, playing catch with the football in the parking lot with random fans. So they were like random fans would walk back to their car. I stepped off a 40 yard throw where my buddies were on the other end. And I was just like hawking down people, having them throw um, the ball. And like, dude, it was a disaster. I mean, like people were hitting cars and I'm just glad that people weren't around. And then the car that we drove there wouldn't start. So we had to get it jumped. I mean, it was an absolute disaster. Uh, but it was a great time, and it got me super excited for Chiefs football coming up. Got to see Patrick Mahomes in person. I didn't go to a game last year, and so just seeing him again in person was amazing. We'll we'll get into the stats and the plays and the breakdown, but, man, Arrowhead is, is just a really good time. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I was muted. <laughs> I was just saying we should, might have to re-record it, but we can keep going. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was completely 100% uh, muted there. Glad, glad I got myself uh, unmuted. Johnny, what I was asking you was, what's the vibe like at a <laughs> game? Like, I'm not um, the one. Like, is it like a little bit yeah, of a so back? It was. It was the right. It was like the first technical game of the season, so people were pretty excited. I would only say there was like, 
like 60% of the capacity was there. And of course, like there, you know, everyone had the, the idea that I, that we had was to leave at halftime. And so, I mean, dude, vibes were high, but like, you know, they do the, the team introduction at the beginning where they say, you know, they announced the starting defense or starting offense. They just, they just said chiefs and the entire team ran out. Like they didn't single out any players or anything. There was no flyover, but there was like, you know, a, a regular national anthem, which was super exciting. And, um, yeah, like I, I think like people don't really like need to go to those games. I think tickets were like you could have gone for ten dollars to the Chiefs game. So it's like, you know, I don't expect yeah. there to be a very big crowd to, tomorrow at the Chiefs game, though. No, I, I'm going tomorrow. And oh, like, I think it might be decent, boys. Yeah, like you really. Ah, uh, we'll see. But I feel like there. I was talking to people and my coworkers like. He has season tickets, and usually during the season, he looks around and he knows everybody that sits by him. Like the preseason is time for people that don't get to go, or people that go other places, or maybe don't have enough money to go, or things that, you know, yeah. come bring your family and enjoy a game. So there'll be enough of those that trickle in. But if I was in Kansas City, I think I'm going tomorrow. That'd be sick. Get off work, go to yeah. the stadium. But the whole, but the, I was talking to the office today and just others around. Like I think the whole city's going to shut down regardless. I mean, the Chiefs are playing. I don't yeah. care if it's preseason or not. Every, a lot of people are going to be leaving work at three and checking out early. And oh, hell, let's go. You know, are you, are you <laughs> going to be doing that, Blaine? A lunch break decision to go might be a lot of people's thing tomorrow. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing that tomorrow. What time are you getting there? Um, making the plans right now with my dad. He's a he's mm. a tailgating guy, so we'll definitely <laughs> early. Yeah, you're gonna like that. That's gonna be fun. Um, you need to let us know what's on the menu too for the tailgate for sure. Wing stop. Oh, oh tailgating God. is tailgating is it's so sick because I so I've actually like I've been to a couple other NFL stadiums. Uh, not to brag, I've been to Lambeau uh, to see the Chiefs play the Packers on Monday Night Football and get shit rocked. Um, I was so drunk I, in that game, I cried in the stadium. But anyways, uh, so uh, tailgating at, at at Arrowhead's like, I mean, the game's awesome, but tailgating is just as good as the game. I mean, the whole atmosphere, like yeah, the vibes are always so high. Like the, the food smells so good. I mean, and the drinks just go down like, like water. And it is just incredible. I've seen some people, though, like, the, the the worst thing about tailgating is like the bathroom situation, like waiting for right. yeah. porta pies, bro. Like people are just bringing buckets with like little tent teepee yeah. looking things and just going to the bathroom there. I think that's a savvy move. That um, next time I go tailgating, I'm going to try to try to get that going. You hear that from a lot of opposing. We don't need to ramble on tailgating, but that's what you hear from opposing people. Just the big old parking lot, so fun. So it's a huge party. They don't get that. Like you go to Baltimore and it's in the middle of downtown, or you go to. Chicago, it's in the middle of here or there, everywhere. It's just kind of a yeah. blessing to be where it's at instead of having a downtown around. We get a big-ass party every <laughs> every weekend. This is an interesting conversation. I'm going to extend it. I've been to Soldier Field, and you could, like, pay. It was kind of like a parking pass. Like, you could pay to, like, tailgate in this one little area. Um, but that was it and it wasn't an entire parking lot it was like a pretty it seemed like kind of an exclusive group like you had to have like a, the gold pass or above to get in there so it was kind of we like we it just it's not the same people don't get it that's why they, i think that's why so many opposing fans do come honestly right. they know that so it's a cool that's thing. what lambo that's what lambo is like too i 
and I meant to say that earlier, I didn't even get to the point why I brought up Lambo. It was like you had to have a like a special, you know, like expensive parking pass yeah. to go tailgate. And even really in there, there wasn't uh, much tailgating. I think just like, you know, that part of uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin is just like such a small town that people just can leave their house and go to the game or go to a local bar and go to the game. Um but there's just something magical about tailgating at Arrowhead. Like, like it's, you know, it's, it's Sunday. Usually people are kind of like doing the whole church thing or, you know, taking it easy, recovering from the night before. Nah, people have to work on Monday and they're just drinking straight whiskey at six, six thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Not in I mean, City, uh, baby. Not I mean, it is just wild. And yeah, if any opposing, and there's anybody that's a non chiefs fan that's listening and you've never been out there. Um, I highly recommend it to, to everyone. It really is amazing. Yep. What a way to open the show, boys. I'm really going to be fired up to do some tailgating, but it uh, won't be happening for me this weekend, but I'm sure weekends in the future for sure. Let's dive into the episode, boys. Uh, Hard Knocks episode three last night. I'll give my thoughts and then turn it over. Um, I mean, a good episode. I really, really enjoy seeing the shots from the crossover camps because I think Cowherd made this point today, actually. I love... Like, I love that they go and practice against a team for two days and then play them. I think it's so cool. Um, and just seeing how that practice is, like, you see how intense the Lions are with the Lions, and then you see them practice against another team, and they are just ready to turn it up a whole other level. So that was fun to watch that energy. Um, but the episode itself wasn't necessarily great. Like, the game, the game part of it was good. There weren't that many player features though. It was kind of like the real. It was like the fringe guy episode, which is cool. Um, the guy, the running back, had his dad in prison or whatever, or his brother in prison, and then the guy, the offensive lineman from Memphis. But even with all of that, my overall thoughts were probably my least favorite episode, and I can't really really put my finger on it why. Uh, Johnny, I think you're up first, brother. Yeah, uh, I had the same sentiment. It, it, I think the first episode was really strong. And so like the, the last two haven't been as good as the first one. I still enjoy watching the show. I yeah. mean, it's behind the scenes football I and mean, I can't get enough of that, but I, I thought that the opening speech by Dan Campbell was a little corny. Um, he had like the pants or whatever that was. And I kind of just like lost interest there. And, you know, he had I forgot he, like, shakes, about that. Sorry. He, he like shakes the pants off and there's like powder or dust in the air. And he's got like it like, you know, he's trying to talk through it, but you can tell he kind of wants to cough and it's like on his face. And it's like, OK. The, the speech could have come off better in the room. He, he means well. And I really like Dan Campbell, but like shit like that does not hit for me in the NFL. Like this is professional football. And that came off as like really of like a high school, like a high school speech. Like when you got to get the guys motivated, like these guys are paid private contractors or I mean, however, however you want to frame it. Yeah. Like you, you cannot be opening up with fuck the fucking Mickey Mouse Club speech. Uh, so I didn't really like that by Dan Campbell. And the thought that came into my head, too, as we go through the episode is that the three of us were pretty high um, on this team. I'll turn it over to Blaine after this. We were all pretty high on this team. I don't think any of us picked them to make the playoffs, but uh, we think they'll be better than the Bears, certainly. But the Lions might suck again. Like, this all might just be, a, a, you know, a, a way to market this team 
They might be going in the right direction. But, man, like some of the players they're featuring, some of these throws of golf and just some of the – some of this stuff feels really amateur to me. And maybe that's unfair on my part because, like, I'm comparing it to how great we've got it in Kansas City and nobody else has it as good as, as us. But I don't know, Blaine, what would you think about all that? Yeah, I, I can tie into what you're trying to say there, too. It's like I just wasn't impressed with Easy or Pimpleton. Like, both of those players are kind of sus. Like, yeah, Easy. They just, easy, I mean, Is that a great on, story? Right, great story, and that's the point of it. I mean, you love it with those guys, but yeah. I had a hard time relating too easy because I give that extra rep. You're a football player, like that's right. what you got to do. But like Pimpleton, when he was up doing the juggling, they're like sing, sing, and ten year veteran, he's like, I ain't doing that shit. I'm like, come on, dude, like you're you're trying to get on the team as an undrafted wideout. What are you doing? Like, do everything you got to do. And but, juggling? Are you yeah. kidding me? Come on. Yeah. But that's kind of my my thought was there was some amateurness. There was some, like, weak players. I know that they're setting up somebody to get cut, so both of these guys might get cut, and they might not be the Lions this year. But I felt that, too. I want to see more Alex Angelone, the Thor. They, they, yeah. they keep showing him a little bit, and he looks ripped and a ponytail. It's going to be a lot of fun to see him. And then just give me DeAndre Swift. Give me golf. Give me the players. I know you got to set up the 80 cut, the 53 cut, but I want the big guys. And that just wasn't it. I think golf might've said something before. Like I've already done this once. Like I don't need the cameras coming to my house or I don't need a feature anymore. Like I've already done it with the Rams. And I actually forgot about that until today um, that he was with the Rams and they were on hard knocks. So he, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And DeAndre Swift, like I think the thing is, is he's kind of the more behind the scenes guy in terms yeah. of his leadership. Like, Jamal wants the camera on him while DeAndre is the better player and doesn't really care, I feel like. Jamal is a menace. I text you guys that, but some of the shit he was doing, you're like, what in the hell is going on through your head? I did like this part. I loved the trash talking back and forth. Just like, just the the dramaticness to it, if that's even a word. It's like, guys, stop doing that. And they just kept on going. It really, it killed me. Um, I've seen a lot of that. Where the hell's Hawkinson? We've seen him one time. No Hawkinson. I mean, mean, he's out there. He was what, like a top 10 pick? The only time we've, like, I think the only time he's been on the screen was when Dan Campbell was like making fun of his shorts and like saying, My wife's got a pair of those, which, yeah, bonk, you know, bonk. (laughs) But uh, like, Hawkinson is like a major factor in this team. I actually read a couple things that there's like some Detroit riders and Detroit, you know, kind of like how we have Arrowhead pride, like their SB nation site in Detroit's like, they're all getting kind of sussed on Hawkinson. So um, yeah, we'll really? see what, what happens with him. Yeah. Just like not putting up mm. the numbers that you'd think. And yeah, you know, it takes tight ends like a year to get going in this league, but I don't know, man. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't really seen it from Hawkinson at all. Yeah, he's been in no episodes. Is there? There's one more, right? There's only four episodes a season, correct? I have no idea about that. There's got to be more than. Four. I think there's more than four. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I really don't. I'd lock that in right now on the pod. I, just, I'd I trust you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, there can't be that many more. If there's if there's more than four, there can't be that many more. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get some Hawkinson next, but. 
Lions could be sus. Um, I think that the show did him a really good job on episodes one and two, and I think it portrayed him poorly in episode three, which is what I think the boys and I have surmised. Uh, we'll move on. We'll be back next week with season, or episode four. Um, did anybody? Not yet. Not yet. I got. I got something else. I got one oh, more thing. Sorry, one more. Johnny's going one more, again. One more thing. One more. I'm sorry. One more thing. Oh, you're fine. Okay. Uh, well, actually, no, it's two more things. We have <laughs> Deuce Staley lost his voice and was yelling. That was like the best part of the episode. Deuce Staley yelling yeah. at the team with no voice, I thought was hilarious. And then I have to get my shots in on that wow. fucking goober, David Blau. Uh, this guy is, dude, this guy is such a loser. Like, okay, first off, first off, he he throws a touchdown, a good ball to this Pimpleton guy who is who is terrible. And he Pimpleton drops the surefire touchdown. He dropped two passes on the drive, or, or I don't know if it was on the same drive, but he drops a surefire mm-hmm. touchdown. And Blau is like, he's not even ups, like upset about it. He made like one or two comments, and he said something said something like, "At least we got three out of it," or something like. I would be up in that motherfucker's face, like, dude. We are both going to be on the street if you don't catch the fucking ball. And then he throws a touchdown to some, 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 you know, white guy wide receiver that we haven't even seen who had a hell of a game, by the way. Right. And everyone, everyone's like, you know, I don't even know what the guy's name is, but everyone's like, you know, fuck yeah, let's go. Fuck yeah. Let's fucking go, man. And he, David Blau literally comes up to this guy, grabs him and like whispers to him. I appreciate you. On the field, I appreciate you. And so, David Blau, the message still stands from last week to this week from me. Fuck David Blau. I hope he gets cut. <laughs> wow. Well, I will not agree, but <laughs> I really like the take. I really do. Um, <laughs> so, let's let's move on to the Chiefs preseason game versus the Commanders. Um I don't know that you could have a better preseason than Patrick Mahomes right now. I really yeah. don't. Given the the in terms of play volume to what he's producing, it could seriously be the greatest preseason ever. <laughs> um he looks he looks so dialed in. The offense looks dialed in. I love the way Pacheco's running the ball. Our offensive line is they look like mammoths and Patrick Mahomes even alluded to it. He said, if they can block like that, like they did against the commanders, they're going to be tough to stop. And that is the truth. This offensive line is getting no credit. I think I'm getting ready to go on my spiel about what is the national media missing from this team right now? It's ridiculous. This team looks really, really good out there on the offensive side of the ball. And that was on display Saturday afternoon, as Johnny alluded to, he was there. Got to see it in person. I would, I mean, on TV, it looks sexy. So this offense right now seems to have a lot of confidence and kind of has that kind of, they kind of seem to play with a chip on their shoulder right now. Like they kind of seemed, they really seemed confident out there on Saturday. And that's without Nicole, who I know, I know he stinks, but without Nicole, no Juju. Yeah. I mean, this offense right now, Pat's got these boys confident, and we talk about them all the time in our group text, and I'm going a little long-winded here, but I'm fired up. <laughs> Justin Watson is going to get some touches this year, dude, mm-hmm. for out of nowhere, too. That's the thing. 
Like, we didn't expect this. Anything that he can provide us, I think, is bonus. I mean, he has no expectations, but he's going to get out there and he's going to exceed expectations. So, I think right now my morale is really high on this team. I'll leave the defense to you and Johnny. I – I'm gonna I'm gonna keep offense right here, Chandler. And yeah, I wanted I, like my big thing. I wanted to come in here and talk running backs. And yeah. obviously, there's concern. But I went back and I looked at all the years of Andy Reid and all the years, and everyone's like, "Oh, Andy Reid's never been a running back guy. Don't worry about it." Like, yeah, he was. Like, Andy's had a running back with less than 900 yards from scrimmage six times in his career and 22 years of coaching. And you know what? You know what? Darrell Williams, Clyde, Damian, and Kareem were four of those six. Kareem in his first year and on. So it's, yes, like, that is wrong, completely wrong, but also the Chiefs have been successful without it, and I think I have to buy into the fact that maybe this running game is not going to be great, but the Chiefs' offense still can be. And we got to rely on a guy like Isaiah Pacheco to come in and be great late or develop into it or like Daryl Williams, or like Damian Williams did to win that Super Bowl game for us and ultimately develop that running game through Isaiah Pacheco this year, and that's my belief, because I'm not going to put it in Clyde, I'm not going to put it in anywhere, and I'm just going to have to rely on us being able to move the ball down the field with somebody else, i.e. MVS, Juju, the way we've done in the preseason, and then hopefully see Pacheco develop. So, hope that makes sense but that's where my mind's at i'm just not gonna bitch about the run i'm not gonna bitch about the running game until it's horrible week one i'm gonna try to believe in the other factors that we can move the ball down the field okay uh i just crossed off my note that the running backs have to be better because i liked what you said there blaine i think it is it is just getting gre- it's getting greedy to like just bitch about the running backs right now. Like, like let's let's wait, and if it's three weeks into the season, four weeks into the season, and you know our running backs are accumulating for fifty two yards, like we, then we can get right upset about it. Okay, so then on the positive side, I definitely want to talk about this Watson guy, and it was really yeah. cool to see. It was really cool to see um, in person as well. And so, you know, so much of Patrick's game, this is why him and Travis have had so much success, is um, like Travis just knows where to go on the field. Like he he can read the defense, read Patrick, read how, you know, where he is on the field and, and get to the spot where Patrick wants him just like, you know, telepathically almost. Watson did that twice uh, in, in the game for, for both of his catches. Um, the first catch uh, was the, was the first catch the sidearm throw. Anyways, okay, so there was the sidearm throw that Patrick made that was absolutely elite. He's the only guy in the league that can do that, and Watson read it perfectly and just filled into the open space. That that's not where he was supposed to be on the route. The route I think extended to the sideline that Patrick was running to, and he felt the space behind him and just kind of sat into that gap, and Patrick hit him. Now the long the long pass down the middle was really impressive. So I guess on that route there's an option route. And in training camp he ran it a different way and Patrick and him and him talked about it and it, and then they ran it the way they ran it on Saturday uh successfully. I guess Washington brought a fire blitz off the edge that Patrick wasn't expecting in a preseason game 
and he just had to throw that ball to a spot, and it was just perfect. The route was perfectly ran, and it's a testament to Justin Watson for getting down to Texas early in the year before OTAs and whatever that was to get some extra reps with Patrick. Uh, One other guy who is not who's kind of on the same page and he was in texas as well as is mvs and i want to see more from him on on deep routes um he's like over two on deep routes with patrick and both looked like they could have been connections but they're just still a little bit off mvs had the the first catch of the game on like a nine or ten yard out route looked really good and then a little bit later patrick tried to hit him down the field and it was it it it, it didn't uh get completed so i do want to see some more from mvs but guys i really I really could not be any more impressed with what I'm seeing from Patrick and, and Watson and some of these other guys. I mean, Patrick's 18 of 26, 222 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions in, in, in three drives of preseason football, and zero completions have gone to Juju, and only two have gone to Kelsey. So he's got 16 completions to other guys, uh, not named Juju or Travis Kelsey, and uh, all three touchdowns have not gone to those guys either. So uh, somebody talk about Jody Fortson while I catch my breath. <laughs> Blaine, please be my guest. Buddy. I love I love Jody Fortson. I mean, we so like yes, I can I can continue to bitch about the running back room and our lack of red zone efficiency. Is that's another part to it that worries me and has for the last two years. But seeing Jody Fortson do what he's done gives me some kind of confidence that Pat has a guy like when has he had a guy that can line up at the X and he can throw a back shoulder fade and and uh, be pretty confident at scoring the ball. Yeah. Never. Never, literally never. Who never. else? And then- no, he he hasn't had that guy. That's why they brought in Josh Gordon. They thought Josh Gordon could be that guy, and he has been that guy. And you guys both, like I've said, that you guys have have played football at a higher level than me. As a defense, how do you guard that first touchdown to Jody? I mean, it happened in like a second and a half. You can't guard it. He actually how, played. How? He actually played pretty decent defense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just yeah. it's tough. You got to have You're a lengthy better corner. Up. Yeah, lengthy corner that reads it at the exact perfect time, and if he doesn't, it's a touchdown. Yeah. Simple. I mean, he's literally running the other way. He's got to see his head turned all the way around in a second and a half. Yeah. Put the hand in the right spot. Deflect it. Yeah. Hopefully. Make sure you don't grab any jersey or shove right. it because you're going to get flagged. <laughs> Yeah. It is. If it wasn't for the quarterback, it's the hardest position in all of football. Corner. Yeah. NFL corner. But and yeah, and Johnny, to your point, I feel like the thing that stuck out to me with Watson was that almost that connection that 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 little shuffle to find the right spot in the zone almost looked like Kelsey. Not obviously, I'm not comparing the two, but you've seen that with other receivers throughout this preseason, and Pat has said that this is the preseason he has had to put the most work in by far in his career, other than maybe his rookie year regardless, but just to draw that connection with those receivers, to tell them, hey, this safety went to, you know, they you got two high safeties. If you can split them and you see him staying, you go split them, I'll throw it to you over the top, like Watson did for that third down conversion. Or if you find that zone, find it, I'll hit you. And I feel like that's there. And it, it really hasn't been – needed but now it's there and it's uh it's really good to see because i think that's a secret to this offense especially if you're going to have that many weapons you got to be on the same page so i agree yeah they're they seem to be moving well with pat right now it really does and really even with the twos it feels like the receivers are still playing pretty well like i mean i feel like shane buchel had a nice in the chicago game he had that nice two minute drive they seemed in sync he hit justin watson right in the middle of the end zone for that post route touchdown i mean I think it's just trickling down from our from the leaders right now on the offense. I mean, they're 
They're running routes like Travis. Patrick knows they're doing it, and they're in the right spot at the right time. So it's good to see. Um, now let's flip over to defense. Um, you know, I think they played pretty well. I really – we beat – we. I'm, I'm going to beat this into the ground. We say this every week. Our linebackers are sick. I mean, oh they are sick right now. Um, the depth is good at linebacker. Um, but it's the front four – Right now, I have still some concerns. They played decently well. Karloftis had a nice day, which was awesome to see. Um, so, Blaine, you want to talk about the secondary? I, yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. I yeah. mean, Fenton goes out with the groin. You kind of get worried about that, don't you? I mean, it it just is. Yeah, like, but how precautionary yeah. is it? Yeah, and that you never know. But the, the point is, if he is out for more than a few weeks, or per se three weeks, or four, I mean, you you got Joshua Williams, and you got McDuffie, and you got some young guys that are going to have to fill in. I mean, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with this, but I'm just going to keep beating it because yeah. – A.J. Green, um, Marquise Brown, and Zach Ertz, you may be able to get in there a little bit, you know, and, and and get comfortable. But then you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, Alex Pierce, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, all within the first five weeks. Like, welcome to the NFL. Fenton, like, we, we're going to need you there. Yeah. Because those guys are going to get exposed. And Pat's going to have to do what Pat has done for the last three years and play Miracle Ball. I just – scary list i love the talent there but you can't be i just hate hearing people being confident about them because yes this is preseason they look good now i'll say this blaine now i'll say this on the secondary topic i mean i feel like you've been kind of forgetting about legerius no i love legerius legerius is going to be out there i like legerius big visible corner holds a lot but they all do, so just get over it. I know we'll bitch about it later, so don't tell me I'm to eat my words. But, I mean, it happens. It happens in football. I like Legarius. And him and McDuffie with safety help, like we might – if we can get healthy with Fenton out there, we just might not go depth. We might just have to say fuck it and play with who our best players are at all times. Right. So – that's what. Johnny, what I mean, what do you think in open? Yeah, I I got a a, a few thoughts here. So, uh, and I made a I did have a lot to drink at the game, but like when the starters were in, I was locked into what's yeah. going on. I mean, me and my buddies were calling out substitutions, what personnel we were in. Right. The team started in base, um, but McDuffie was out there to start, mm-hmm. um, and he's just smooth, guys. Like he and he, you know, there's like a between Sneed, McDuffie, Thornhill, and Reed, like there is a cerebral connection with these guys too. Like these are smart football players. Like they, like I'm not saying Rashad Fenton's not smart, but he brings that like kind of hood nasty shit to the game. And not that the other four guys can't channel that, but those four that I just mentioned like there is a very cerebral intelligent approach to the game and and you can see it out there just from like the first play um nick bolton nick bolton might be like an all pro this guy like maybe not this year but eventually nick bolton is incredible so is willie gay i think 
for the concerns that we have in the defensive secondary against Arizona, man, I'm really happy that we have these athletic linebackers to contain Kyler when he wants to run. Uh, so I think that, I don't know, I just think the Chiefs match up, and we'll get to this more in a detailed breakdown. But as far as you, know, you guys mentioned the Cardinals, I think the Chiefs really match up uh, with them well. Now, the commanders might suck. I think uh, I think I, I think I might be regretting listening to Blaine's gospel and speech me. and me and Chandler because um, man Carson Wentz did not look very good. Uh, he had one a couple nice connections with McLaurin, but and outside of McLaurin, like I don't know how confident I am in in Jahan Dotson yet or Curtis Samuel. Um, Snead had a really nice third down kind of long wheel route that he broke up. Um, yeah, he did. great job getting his head around. But I think they were going to Samuel on that play, but you know, this Brian, this, what's his name? Brian Anderson or something. This is their Robinson. running back, Brian Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. He started the game. Antonio Gibson like started as a kick returner in this game. And so like, there's just uncertainty there. Um, and the chiefs got whatever they wanted against that defense. So I, I might, I might regret that we picked, the commanders to to make the playoffs just because and also commanders is gross washington football team is way cooler so than better. commanders yeah and and their colors didn't look very good man like yeah i just think uh the chiefs have it going a lot better uh than the commanders and i thought the defense looked pretty good the defense has haven't yet they haven't given up uh the first team defense has not given up any points all punts yeah <laughs> you gotta love that dude um i didn't know that johnny way to bring the stats bro that is why we have you on the show that is why we figure it out here on this podcast. But the defensive line, though, we need – I'm starting – I think from what I've seen, I think I'm going to be on here and I'm going to start raising my expectations for Karloftis. Guys, he's good. Absolutely, Chandler. I think that we were earlier in this podcast, earlier in this summer season, we were like, if we can get four sacks from him, like – Sure. Uh-uh. Not anymore. You've played too good. Double it. Yeah, you've played too good in the preseason to not be able to go out there and do it all the time. And that's a great problem for him because he's going to have to raise his level. I think he's capable from what I've seen. And I love the guy. I think I think he has that drive in him. And, he, and, and as long as Frank Clark continues to do what he's doing with his mentorship and stuff, Sky's the limit for this guy this season. Honestly, he could be the chief. He could be a Chiefs rookie of the year, in my opinion. So he's uh, relentless. He is relentless. At, like yeah. and and on the sack that he had, he got double teamed and held, and yeah. he still got there. And you should well, you know, Wentz should have gotten rid of the ball. Okay, well he didn't. And Karloftis could have slowed up, but he's that's just not just not the player that he is. And just if he, I agree, Chandler. It's a good point. Like it's not four sacks. Like how we said, if he oh. gets four sacks. More. Great. If he gets two, then we'll just be disappointed. If he's got like four sacks, I'm I'm going to be disappointed, and that's just going to raise the level of everybody else out there. And so, uh, keep in mind, like Chris Jones didn't play yeah. uh, in that game, so that's that's going to help Carl Office when he's out there. Um, Frank Clark, Mike Dana, whoever Mike Dana is, <laughs> uh, and I think Dunlap's going to be okay too because the report is that he's got a sore Achilles. Like if they were just yeah. saying Achilles, I know it's one word, but that you know language matters and stuff. So that that means a lot to me. And guys, I I, I maybe because I just am obsessed with the Chiefs, but I just 
I really think that like this Karloftis kid can can be something. Like he reminds me a lot of Trey Hendrickson, Ryan Kerrigan, like right. these kind of and and that's not just because he's a white guy like them, like just this relentless motor that doesn't stop. And maybe not the most gifted athlete, maybe doesn't have like this crazy move that just can get you at any time, but 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 like will just wear you down all game long to where like just dominates the third and fourth quarter. So yeah. I just I love the Chiefs, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah, guys, it gave me so fired up that first game where you saw that sack, and then it was like, oh, I want to see it repeated. And he did time yeah. tenfold, tenfold. And it has to happen. It has to, has to happen. I could say it so many times, but George has to be great. Now, I will say this. I want this on the record for the listeners who love to argue about our Chiefs bias. I think all three of us recognize that it is the preseason. And this defense is very young. There's going to be yeah. some sort of stretch where the other offensive coaches, I mean, hell, name off the coaches. You think about the receivers we got to face, name off the coaches and how many of them are offensive coaches. Somebody is going to figure out what we're doing because we're going to try to keep it as simple as we can as we move through the season, in my opinion. And that is solely based on a Steve Spagnola defense, in my opinion. So I just want us to know that there will be times when we get on here, we will be bitching about how bad the defense played. Blaine, you had something? Yeah, I mean, we can't go without talking about Colin Saunders. And, I mean, yeah, I think he had a great game. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can say uh, that the roughing the passer was stupid, but he looks quick. He had a sack and a hurry there that ended up being a penalty. That was stupid. But, I mean, he's working his way into – a yes. for sure roster spot. There was a fringe there with Stallworth, with some of those guys that are on that fringe. I mean, he is shown, and he has won that job after Sunday, in my opinion. And and I think that the, you know, we put so much emphasis on cornerback, on wide receiver room, like that D line room has a lot to still figure out Thursday, today, I guess, and when this pod comes out. And I'm going to be watching Colin. I'm going to be watching Stallworth. I'm going to be watching those D tackles to make sure. Yeah, I, you know, I figure out who's going to win that job, and I, I think that needs to be a huge emphasis because that'll help our linebackers out a lot. And if we can get those linebackers free, our defense is really, really good, and those D tackles need to be good too. Yeah, okay, let me say something real quick, Johnny, before you go. I got something on my mind here. Um, oh, fuck. No, I think I just lost it too. <laughs> you guys are gonna say something about Colin being bad or whatever, but it's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I love that. I and I like it's this whole like you know you set it up this way. Like I if I shit talk this player when they're performing poorly, it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And then you know if if they do well, I look stupid. But the Chiefs do well, so I don't really give a shit either way. Like the brilliant. It's just the, it's just the part of being a fan. Like. When you're doing well, I'm going to take all the credit. When you're doing poorly, I'm going to let you know about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, I would love, I, I would love for Colin Saunders to be, uh, to be a total beast this year. And so, yeah, I mean, yes, it is, it is preseason. We are Chiefs fans. We are homers. Uh, there's going to be a time when the defense does poorly, and I come on this podcast and I'm just going to say, "Burn it down, fuck this." But, um, at least right now, it's it's awesome, Chandler. Looks like you remembered it. And I know that 
we say this. I do remember it. Thank you for pointing that out. I feel like, you know, everybody knows that the third preseason game is obviously the most important for the roster guys. And I don't think that tomorrow is a huge game for the Chiefs in terms of who's going to be on the roster. (laughs) It's going to be awesome to watch. Like you said, Blaine, you alluded to the D-line, fighting for spots. Who's going to be out there when we need them the most? Um, It's going to be fun. I'm going to be very tuned in tomorrow's game. And – there's been a, I was looking at snap counts a lot too. I want to see if you guys pay, maybe we don't have a, a take here and that's okay. But when you get deep into that defense, like Malik Herring, we talked about him, Canada, Stallworth, Wharton, Shelton. I mean, what do you like? Do you guys have any thoughts after of, of any guy that can maybe make that team that you have any kind of hope of? Or is it just like, okay, whoever makes that last spot makes it? Well, I said a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week or whatever it was, I was like, I think somebody like Kando or Herring, like I'm serious. I think one of them needs to make the roster or show out or show off in some way to where like maybe they have an important sack at some point this year. Like, you know, knock him as much as you want. But before he got hurt, Taco Charlton did some stuff for the Chiefs and he was a fringe roster guy. Right. And so like I, I just there has to be some sort of athlete that you can rotate through for 12 15 snaps a game on surefire pass downs that can maybe get after it because like i don't know like i just don't think mike dan is that good because i don't think he's that much of an athlete so if you have someone who can you know like kando who's six seven and can out out athlete somebody uh maybe maybe he can contribute in some fashion but yeah i don't know i or they might just all get cut i mean you drafted kando so you'd like for him to make the roster right who is josh kando kando Yeah, I don't know who that is either. Uh, who is who is Dion Bush? It was good to see him lay the wood once, though. Because yeah. when you're whenever I was thinking about the, I said this in the last time when the Bills and the Chiefs played, and they were, I mean, there are going to be times where these guys got to play a lot of snaps. You need to see good things out of a guy like Dion Bush or um, DiCaprio Boodle sucks, and I don't want to see him on the field ever. But he's going to get some. No, <laughs> so like, just, when is when is Dion Bush going to be on the field? I mean. You never know, like Tyron went down and we had to play all those guys and Gabe Davis went for Brian Like it just, I think that's part of football though. But I I get what you're saying, but that's the point of the preseason. We can talk about all the starters and starters, but we're seeing a lot of reps from these guys. I want to highlight it a little bit. I mean, you're right. You're right. Johnny. Well, Dion Bush is, if you, do you guys, do you two ever listen to uh, like the Chiefs YouTube account will put up the whoever's media availability is like, I listen every day to what these people have to say. And once a week, uh, the coordinators come on. So like Spagnola will come on to and the enemy and we'll, we'll hear from uh, Dave Tobe on special teams. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm a junkie and I love that stuff. Tobe yeah, was talking about, Tobe was talking about, cause Dave Tobe has a lot of pull for the last few, you know, yeah. for some of these roster spots. Uh, keep in mind, like Marcus Kemp was on this roster for three or four years, probably just because Dave Tobe wanted him on the roster because he was his best gunner. And uh, so Armani Watts was a guy who was a four-phase special teamer for the Chiefs. He's now on the Colts. Um, Dave Tobe has said that Bush has slid into the Armani Watts role in special teams. So he'll be a guy who contributes in all four phases of special teams. And if – he is somebody who has to contribute on the field defensively. Um, you, you always have to be ready. Armani Watts was on the field in that game against the Bills. Yeah. Like, like 
these guys always have have to be ready. And um, so, I mean, that's people say like, you know, I even said something stupid the other day, like, oh, the preseason sucks. But like in all reality, like this is why you need the preseason because got because guys like Dion Bush will play a factor at some point in this season. That's going to yeah. mean a lot. Absolutely. And and to add on to that, I, I heard Spags basically say Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, two rookies, both late round picks. They're impressed with Jalen Watson, very impressed with what he's doing. And there's a battle there between those two guys. And Spags admitted that they're neither one of them has won that second guy job at that right cornerback, left cornerback, whichever it may be. So I'm going to be pretty intrigued to see you know what Watson looks like Thursday against that you know Packers receiving core to, to see if he can squeak in there and, and maybe come in in a few plays in, in, in regular season so yeah yeah sorry I kind of just got bodied there by you two <laughs> you guys are totally <laughs> right <laughs> what a way to end the show too what a way to end the show uh boys anybody got anything else they need to get off their chest I think I'm okay Johnny has something closing remarks Johnny Rowe yeah j- you know what just you know? We might make this a segment because Johnny always seems to have the last comment. I kind of like it. So we're going to officially make it a segment here. Johnny, you're going to have to start getting prepared for this every week. This is a segment called The Last Take with Johnny Rowe. Take it away. The Last Take is – it's a somber but something that needs to be – there's joy to it as well in celebration. Uh, Len Dawson passed away early this morning at 87 years old. Lenny the Cool, as he was known. Uh, this was the Patrick Mahomes for the older generation of Chiefs fans. You know, this is Len Dawson retired 20 years before any of us uh, were even born. We never even got to watch this guy. But the people who raised us, you know, our family on on being a Chiefs fan, like Len Dawson was Patrick Mahomes to these people. And he's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP uh, former NFL man of the year. He's in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. His number 16 is retired for the Chiefs. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. And on top of all of that was a very well-respected and successful broadcaster, news anchor, TV show host. Um, he had his fingerprints all over this organization. He has passed on, um, but we all know that he's in a better place. And he will always be a legend uh, to us Chiefs fans forever everyone will always know Len Dawson's name and, I, and not just Chiefs fans but just sports fans and, and decent people all over the country um, and all over the world and he's got like the coolest picture ever like smoking a cig and drinking a fresca yeah. out of a glass bottle at halftime of the Super Bowl uh, when he ended up being the MVP and, and winning or maybe that was a different Super Bowl but regardless um, Len Dawson, we all wish you the best and your family the best, and may you rest in peace. Well said. Very well said, Johnny. Johnny, go ahead, Blaine. Travis Kelsey tweeted out a video. Pat tweeted out a picture with them in arms. Like, it's just so loved across the organization. It's so cool to see us and you, Johnny, saying something about it, but also the current players feeling what that franchise is built off of. And I think that's what makes a Kansas City Chiefs a Kansas City Chiefs. A guy like Lynn Dawson, who set the tone from day one in this organization, and it's still there. And that's it's really, really cool. Well said, Johnny. Wow. You guys are going to make me cry. Johnny, you just set yourself up for success, son, because you're going to have to match the last comment with Johnny Rowe every week with that. That's going to be tough to do, but that's why that's why you're on the team, Johnny. I know you'll figure it out. I'm going to be like David Goggins. Who's going to carry the boats? 
All right, boys. Hey, we'll talk to you next Wednesday, okay? Last Hard Knocks episode, uh, Chiefs final preseason game talk, and we will be at the regular season before you know it. Continue to listen. Appreciate you guys' support. Boys, we're out of here. See you. Peace.